1: From Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. From Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: Uh, hi Heidi ho good neighbor, and welcome to Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts. Apparently, we were able to sequester him yet again and uh, put him back in his... <laughs> <laughs> in his closet, bound and gagged, and uh, we should be able to keep him there for a couple of more days. Actually, they they got a hold of uh, they got a hold of me earlier today and said, "Hey, would you be interested in an extra?" And like I said um, last week, if you if you remember, if you don't, I'm going to repeat it just for you in your ears uh one of the just to give you an idea of just how invaluable craig is around here not only is he the host of lifeline he kind of he kind of oversees a whole lot of what's going on here at the radio station one of them is engineer he is our chief engineer and he wears that nice wonderful little blue and red striped cap and overalls and goes choo 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 as he goes around no no it's a different kind of engineer <laughs> Can you imagine, Craig Roberts? <laughs> choo, choo, choo. Oh, yeah. He's probably at the transmitter right now trying to figure out how to turn me off. And if you can hear me still, he hasn't done it yet. So, But that is exactly what he does. He is our chief engineer here at the radio station. He makes sure that this signal is on and running and running properly and hitting each and every radio that is out there in the greater Bay Area. And uh, without his expertise, His faithfulness and his service. Uh, I don't know where we would be some days. Uh, I really don't. The guy is phenomenally amazing. So all that is to say, uh, we'd love to sit there and tell you, oh, yeah, Craig's back on vacation again. The thing is, he hardly ever takes a vacation because when he's out, um, he's usually working as the engineer of the place or he's on a Bible League mission trip, or, yeah, insert insert some type of work-slash-ministry here. And that's Craig. So that is why you have me, yet yeah, once again tonight. And uh, actually, we'll be here tomorrow night as well, I think. I don't know. We'll have to find out from Wanda, our great producer, to see just exactly what's going on. So, with that, hi there. Welcome to Lifeline, Andy Freeland and for Craig Roberts. We've got a really great show for you tonight. Um, a couple of things I'm passionate about, and one of them, one of them you're going to go, oh, cool, this is interesting. And uh, Lord willing, we're going to encourage you and excite you in your walk in relationship with Jesus just a little bit more. The other one, you'll probably get mad at me and turn your radio off for a couple of minutes until you think I'm done with what I'm done talking about. If you've listened uh, at all. Um, with me on board in lieu of Craig or in times past when I was a more regular feature around here, you'll know that I do have conservative values, conservative values that more often than not get me in trouble because, well, quite frankly, we broadcast in probably one of the most liberal think tanks on the globe here in San Francisco. And so uh, it, tends to, uh, it tends to fall on ears that suddenly get angry and frustrated. But what I want to do in the first uh, couple of minutes here tonight on Lifeline, now, now wait a minute, let me beep, beep, back the truck up, neighbor Tim, hang on just a minute, hold the phone, wait, don't tune out yet. <laughs> please don't, please don't. A lot of this is informative. I, I am trying to provide information more than promote an ideal Although they kind of go hand in hand at times. Please, hour number two, let me tell you what's going on in hour number two. All right. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll stick around and suffer through uh, hour number one. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Hour number two is, is, is a, a subject that I am deeply passionate about when it comes to scripture, and that is Christ in the Old Testament. I have found that more and more um, churches, people that I've run across, well, we're just New Testament church only. Yeah, we just teach the New Testament. Oh, I'm just a New Testament believer. I just believe Jesus. So, you know, I'm a red letter guy. And that's the, that's the other big one. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a red letter guy, which translated is I'm only going to sit in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, maybe that one little verse in First Corinthians, but I'm I'm pretty much a, a New Testament guy. The Old Testament, oh, they're just you know, the God of the Old Testament is a God of wrath, and it, you know, Jesus, he's he's love, and and I just that's where I'm at. Um, we're going to talk about the Old and New Testament as one book. And, and if, if you'll be patient with us, Tony Sinelli, my guest, will join us in a little while. He is the pastor of Grace Bible Church in Pleasant Hill. Also, the professor of Christ in the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament theology at Cornerstone uh, Bible College and Seminary in Vallejo. Um, we, we've had the, the, the president on last week, as a matter of fact, one of the other theological professors, uh, Tony, who pastors Pleasant Hill. Uh, Grace Bible Church in Pleasant Hill, Uh, this is one of his passions, as it is mine. In fact, God willing, I'll be in Africa uh, come September uh, working with a a group of pastors uh, to to, Christ in the Hard Places is the title of the, the conference. And it's seeing Jesus in the Old Testament, and why it's so important, and why it matters, and what kind of foundation it lays for those of you who are New Testament believers. I, 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 I'm not poo-pooing the fact that, oh, I'm just New Testament only. What I'm hoping is is that you'll take that New Testament and go, oh, maybe I do need a foundation. Uh, okay, I'll go back and start looking at the Old Testament. And, and my goal with, with Tony in hour number two today is to get you to understand how exciting – the Old Testament really is. It's not just a a, a historical narrative. It's not just a book of poems and and proverbs and and music. There is so much more to the Old Testament. And Jesus himself even talks about it in the New Testament. And if you think about it, just for a moment, those of you especially who say, oh, I'm just a New Testament person— what did each and every author of the New Testament books you read use to compile the New Testament? What documents did they use pervasively throughout the New Testament to create that New Testament that you're passionate about? That's right, the Old Testament. Uh, to the point that even Paul, the, 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 the greatest New Testament mind we've got— paul himself at the end of his life is going hey by the way uh hurry up uh bring my cloak it's cold i I know they're gonna they're gonna lop my head off any moment but it's still cold so bring that and and my parchments my old testament documents please 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 bring me god's word so that is going to be hour number two all right Hopefully that'll, that'll encourage you a little bit. So that'll also hopefully allow you to suffer through what we're going to talk about in just a couple of minutes, which I know some of you, some of you are going to go, Oh, amen. Amen. It's about stinking time. Uh, and then some of you are going to go, Really? You're going to go, Oh, yeah, well, that's just off the deep end. Oh, you're just, you're, uh, you're insane. You're crazy. Oh, you're one of those. We're going to get both sides. I know we are. But I I, again, like I said, um, it's information. It's happening. It's out there. This is actually happening. And there may be some of you who are looking on going, well, yeah, that is that is interesting. I'm going to mull this over. Red, White and Blueprint will be joining us. Woody Clendenen and Mike Dill, they live up north, little place called Redding, just south of that Cottonwood, and we're going to talk about some of the uh some of the political activism that is going on in northern California. All right? And uh and what's happening up north of us a little bit. So that's coming up here in just a moment. So do stick around. We're going to take a timeout, check some traffic, pay some bills, and come back and continue Lifeline. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center now. We've got to look at your commute.
1: And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
0: And we're back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts this evening. Joining us now is Woody Clendenin. Now, this guy, uh, he's a barber. That's what he does. He's a barber. But what makes him unique is that uh, he's a barber shop that never closed this past year he uh he he stuck to his guns um now you've you've got to know a little bit about where he's located that's called red bluff california if you're not familiar with red bluff just uh just go north and look for all of the cowboy hats and cowboy boots horses and cattle and you'll find red bluff uh it's a different life up here and uh I am fortunate enough to be a part of that, but Woody owns a barbershop here in town, and not only have you stayed open all year long, but uh, it's prompted you and several other concerned citizens to start a movement, Woody, that I'd like to talk about and give our listeners uh, a chance to see what's going on up here so we can better understand how we might pay Pattern that blueprint and make use of it elsewhere, because we are seeing a real change in our country as it relates to government, leadership, and who all is at the helm. Woody, thanks for joining us here tonight on Lifeline. I'm glad you're with us this evening, brother.
2: Hey, thank you. It's my pleasure. Um, yeah, I live uh, actually just a few miles north of Red Bluff in Cottonwood, and uh, home of the famous Cottonwood rodeo i don't know if you remember that
0: oh when, i uh, do i do in the
2: middle of the, the heart of the pandemic our one of our locals jeff davis he uh, he decided to go ahead and put that on and man it was the biggest event um, probably in the world at that time there was close to 4,000 people there and at a time where shoot, everything was locked down you know so it was super fun to see people out and about and uh, there was no traceable cases amazingly you know he was He was getting harassed by the health department they were talking telling him you know that it was going to be a super spreader event and all this and uh, it just turned out to not come to fruition you know right but the back to the blueprint so we started getting calls because so many businesses and uh, people were just not complying um the data just wasn't there i mean you know i'm not a I'm not a virologist, but some of my customers are. And they, they were saying it wasn't even rising to the level uh, to be even called an epidemic, let alone a pandemic. So we just uh, I just thought, man, you know, who's the government to come along and decide who's essential and who's non-essential? You know, right across the street from my barber shop, there's a, a drug paraphernalia shop. They sell crack pipes and marijuana paraphernalia and they got deemed essential but they wanted me to close my business you know and uh i'm the main breadwinner for my family and so that just wasn't going to happen you know i i i was one of the reasons i opened my own business was i wanted to call my own shots and and uh, be in charge of my own destiny so as i met more and more people like that from up here um, man, a lot of just great patriots, and uh, we started getting calls from around the country as to you know how how we were able to do it and what we were doing, and this documentary maker just decided, hey, you know, let's uh, let's just document what we're doing because we're we're recalling our board of supervisors, going to replace them with some constitutionalists, and uh, you know they they just failed us. They were supposed to protect us from. Government overreach from the state, and instead, they acted more like more like state employees than our representatives. So, you know, we just we're just going to make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, we're lucky where we are, like you said. We have like our local sheriffs they they didn't they didn't participate in trying to close businesses down, and and so all it took all all it took was a little courage, and you you uh, were able to. Just stay open and and make it happen and take care of your family, so...
0: And, and, you know, that does make you essential. And uh, no, irregardless of what you think or believe, whether this is an epidemic, a pandemic, or pandemic or whatever, the fact remains, um, we have inalienable rights given to us by our Constitution. And exactly. one of them is, man, I get to take care of my family. And if I'm going to be the breadwinner, then I, that's what I'm going to do. And you're not going to stop me. Right. As you guys started walking through this, and again, this is, uh, it, it, uh, f- familiarize our, our listeners, uh, Red, White, and Blueprint, if you Google that on YouTube, you've got a couple of documentaries there. Do you have a website as well?
2: Yep. Uh, it's the red, white, and, blueprint.com, and uh, you can also see the episodes there. Episode one's out. Episode two will come out this Friday. It looks like we're going to do... Uh, eight to ten of them, and um, now you know we're starting some podcasts, and you know people. Uh, I think people around the country are are just kind of waking up. They're realizing that man, we 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 fell asleep at the wheel, and
0: uh, proverbial frog tired. in the kettle, huh?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So so for so many people, I think this was this was the wake-up call and and that's that's been exciting to see just hearing from people all over the place that um that are excited about what's going on up here you know
0: it is it is scary to see how easily and how fast we complied with masks let's just use that one uh, yeah. almost as if it's a social experiment, governmentally speaking. Well, if we can get them to do this, maybe we can get them to do that. And, you know, how much longer before we're all wearing uniforms and and doing goose <laughs> steps all over the place, you know? I mean, well, you that's the concern, wife flies, isn't it?
2: It its a concern. And my wife's a uh, flight attendant, she flies all over the country, and she said, man, there's nowhere like like Cottonwood, Northern California, where... I mean, we literally do not have a business that requires masks, you know, and, right. uh, and never have. I, in fact, I've never even been asked once to put a mask on anywhere I've gone. And uh, I, I mean, that's probably less than one percent of the population in America right now that hasn't hasn't been asked or harassed about about masks. And uh, you know, and, and virologists will tell you that that these masks don't work. These people wearing gaiters around, and you know. Uh, these paper masks they keep in their pocket and yeah. carry around for a week and then throw on. It's all, it's all a bunch of, a bunch of bull, you know, and, and they know it. And yet they, they push it anyway because right. they're, they're, they're training a whole generation of people to be compliant, you know, and that's just not the America that we know. That's not our DNA to just enjoy being bossed around or, or told to fall into line, and uh, you know that's that's not going to happen. The Constitution doesn't call in sick. You know, it doesn't take a day off.
0: <laughs> no, nope.
2: it doesn't say, "Well, hey, this is in effect unless something comes along." A bad flu virus comes along, and then all your rights are, you know, that's that's just not the way it was. There's right. no exceptions.
0: So. Well, uh, Woody, I know that you're busy. Uh, you're probably playing in someone's hair at the very moment we're talking. So um. I am. I was
2: partway through a haircut, <laughs> and I said, hey, I'm out of here. <laughs> so um, I don't know what happened to him, but yeah, I'll, I'll, somebody I'll, else I'll, might have finished
0: it. Uh, what I'll do is I, we're going to go ahead and take a break here at KFAX, and uh, when we come back, you've got another uh, compadre who's a part of the yeah. Red, White, and Blueprint. Mike Dill is going to join us, so we'll take a quick time out. Woody, thanks for spending a moment with us here on KFAX. Sure. All right. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center now for a look at your commute.
1: And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Freuland.
0: We are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts this evening. Mike Dill joins us. He is uh, the owner of Dill's Deli in Reading, uh, one of the partners with Woody Clendenin, who we just talked to a moment ago, uh, in the Red, White and Blueprint. And uh, Mike, I I wanted to talk to you for a moment or two about the Red, White and Blueprint, the whole idea of actually doing something about your government. Understand? uh, Can you walk us through the process of going okay well this looks corrupt we could, we believe it's corrupt let's replace the corrupt and are you finding uh, enough support to actually go out and replace these guys uh, walk us through this process
3: well uh, you know to, to, to start with the, the top of your question uh yes uh, through, throughout this pandemic I really believe that people started to wake up when you started to take their freedoms away from, and, uh, you know, people started to go to board meetings that they never went to before because they didn't know what their board did or who they were, and then as people started going to these board meetings, they started seeing that they're not standing up for our constitutional rights, and... They really upset a lot of people because, you know, the Constitution is it never takes a day off. And that's the way we, we live our lives by the Constitution. And so as the movement started to grow, you start to see more and more corruption, corruption in the government that uh, just frankly upset you because we let them. Take advantage of us by not being aware, not being awake of what our government does, especially our local government. So, uh, as far as getting the backing and the support, yes, we have it, it, here in Shasta County and I think in Northern California, uh, all the counties surrounding, once they see what we're doing. The support is, is enormous, yes.
0: So you're called Red, White, and Blueprint. Is there an actual blueprint? Are you getting other counties or or other uh, places in the United States that are calling you guys up going, okay, so how you doing this? We want to know so we can do it here.
3: Yeah, they're already fielding phone calls in regards to that stuff. And, and, and the purpose for the documentary, uh, you know, the real-time documentary, is to form a blueprint of how the recall is being done and you know the steps that we're going through in our county to uh, recall our supervisors so that other people across this country can see that Okay, I, you know, when you wake up, you're like, well, how do I do this? How do I go about it? And, you know, it's a learning process because it's not every day you wake up and say, hey, I'm going to go call, recall some supervisors or some city officials. <laughs> you right? know, you, you, you get to the point where you're like, hey, we're being taken advantage of. And so the blueprint is a documentary where people can look at it and say, okay, this is where we start. This is what we have to do. And this is how we're going to get there. And if we start taking all of our counties back one county at a time or all of our cities back one city at a time, we're going to go back to the way we used to be and, you know, uh, being more of a free country. And that's slowly been taken away from us because nobody was paying attention while all these officials were just making their decisions on their own.
0: So, Mike, let me ask you then, uh, because part of this equation, essentially, are our, our citizens um and this is one of the frustrations that i've had for a long time uh you know I, I, I was it's been said a few centuries ago if if a If a group of people realize they can vote themselves money, it is the beginning of the end of that specific government. Do you find it hard to get citizens on board with what you're trying to do or are or, or have we just become so lazy and and uh, compliant that it just doesn't matter anymore
3: well i, I the, the, there's I think we do have people out there uh, that are still Hard working individuals that are willing to give their all for their freedoms. Um, and, you know, the whole laziness and compliance thing is such a true story because this country has become lazy and compliant. You know, I blame it on cell phones, video games, internet. If we had to go back to the old school way of life and actually work hard and have to think about what we're doing every day instead of letting the internet tell us what to do. We would be in a totally different world right now, but we do have people that are excited. They're standing up, and and, and I think the more people that do it, they see, hey, that's a group I want to be with. I don't want to be lazy no more. I want right. my freedoms back, because at some point in time, they're not going to have freedoms left, and if these people don't get up and fight every day, they're going to wake up one morning, and there will be no freedoms.
0: Right. All right, Mike. I've got. I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment, and I've got to ask the hard question because it's All been right. a, it's been asked me. Uh, you know, I, and, and believe me when I tell you, I, I, I'm one of you. But I get I get the accusations. Oh, you're just a backwoods hillbilly hick who don't know nothing, and and you're you're you know uh, we're not we're not smart enough. We're not intellects. We're not city dwellers, and so we're discounted and. And dismissed out of hand how do you respond to that i i'm still struggling to try and figure out how to respond to it and <laughs> and i do this well, talk show from uh, time uh, to time in the city so i i i get the i get the there's, emails
3: there's, there's there's a lot of negative things i could say about the people that say that say those things about us but at the end of the day, the people that are involved in this movement in Northern California are a very large group of intelligent people. Um, we didn't get where we we're at by being ignorant redneck hillbillies. Um, you know, we believe in the Constitution. We believe in our freedom. Our group is full of people of doctors and lawyers and contractors and business owners. Uh, so you, those people didn't get where they're at by being a bunch of dumb rednecks. Um, and that's,
0: that's where we're at. Well I amen and amen, brother. I appreciate that I mean again that's it's a challenge, and you know we're we're on k f a x in San Francisco, so I know we're going to get a handful of those listeners going, "Oh yeah, they're just a bunch of bunch of hick idiots, man they you know they probably spit yeah. chew they they wear cowboy hats and they mess with horses, and they they just don't know what are talking about, and uh yeah, well the- they don't
3: realize what obviously them being down there, they don't realize what freedom is really like and They've lost their freedom, and it doesn't seem to bother them too much up here. We enjoy our freedom, and we love it.
0: And it's valuable to us up here. And, and quite frankly, you know, you can you can choose to uh, avoid living life, or you can choose to live it. And I think up here, you guys are choosing to live it, aren't you? Absolutely. Mike Dill, you are the owner of Dill's Deli in Reading, and and just uh, d- quickly, how are how's the progress going on the recall for some of these uh, uh, council members?
3: We're still in the very early stages, uh, but we've gotten our uh, petitions approved. So uh, here in the next few weeks, we'll be out getting signatures.
0: Do you find that it is starting to change the mind of some of the guys you're wanting to recall? Are they taking notice now, or are they still, uh, for all intents and purposes, arrogant enough to think that they're above and beyond your reach?
3: Uh, They're still, I believe, arrogant enough to think they're above and beyond our reach. Um, uh, That's just my personal opinion, because they don't seem to be... uh, listening or or changing anything i i I, I don't
0: know all right well mike we will keep an eye on you guys up there and we do thank you for your time today here on lifeline appreciate your time brother all right thank you very much all right thank you and we have to take another quick time out we'll be back in a moment lifeline will continue right now it's a look at your commute
1: And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froiland.
0: We are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froiland in for Craig Roberts this evening. As we turn a corner, head into hour number two of Lifeline here tonight. I wanted to kind of set the stage for where we are going. And hopefully, prayerfully, whet your appetite for a bit of what we're going to be talking about. If you find yourself one of those who tend to exclusively camp in the New Testament with precious little seldom, if any, quick visits to the old, I want you to – I'm I'm, I'm asking you, please, stick around for a while. And and the reason why is not to chastise, not to correct, but rather to encourage and amplify and enhance – what you already know of the New Testament, have you ever as as a kid as a young boy, I did models you know remember those revel models the uh, I, I did ships I did uh, cars, mostly cars, but you know you 'd go to the store i 'd go to um, i 'd go to the drugstore with my grandma or my mom. And I'd look over all of the boxes of all of the models, you know, and they've got these and the, each box has a picture. So you know what you're going to build. And you look at all those pictures and, oh, man, do I want to do a 56 Chevy two-door? Uh, do I want to do a Corvette, Uh 68 Corvette? Oh, ooh, look at this, the 32 Ford pickup. Oh, maybe, maybe let's, you know, let's do a ship. Let's do the Bismarck. Why not? You know, Uh, I even did a motorcycle once, but it always started with those pictures. And man, I would, you know, I would drive my mom nuts. I would stand there and stare. Which one do I want? Which one do, and, and you, you do. You've got all the pictures and you're looking at them. Go, Oh, that's cool. And you look at the paint job. You go, Oh, that's cool. I, I like the way they portray the paint job on this picture on this box for this model. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll, maybe this time I'll actually use cloth and instead of just, painting the uh the uh the, the seat belts and the seat belt straps that are there on on the on the on the little plastic bench that they give for the car maybe I'll use maybe I'll I'll use cloth this time and make them look real and you even had those models that would allow you the ability to do that. They got, you know, I could I could spend five dollars on a model and get a basic model, or I could spend twenty five and get a really detailed model. But again, like I said, it always started with that picture. That was always a cool picture, and that's what would that's what would grab you is that picture, right? But what I was shooting for. What I was really longing for and what I was excited to do was take that picture out of 2D realm, go home, build it, and turn it into 3D. Now I've got something actually in front of me. It's 3D. It's got dimension to it. I can turn it around and I can look underneath it. See, with that picture, I can't look underneath the hood. I can't look underneath the car. I can't open the doors and look inside. And with that model built, well, I could do that. What I hope to do in the next hour here on Lifeline is provide you, especially if you're in in a New Testament mode, I want to provide you with a 3D view of that New Testament. And how do we do that? We take you back to the Old Testament. Because you see, and and we'll talk with Tony about this. Uh, Pastor Tony Sinelli is going to join us here in just a moment or two from Grace Bible Church in Pleasant Hill. Uh, We'll talk with Tony about why it is so important to have a grasp, a good, firm grasp of the Old Testament. Now, remember, remember, Jesus himself Said, hey, look, you, you look to these, the, 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 the Old Testament, because in them you think you find life. And In other words, in them, in, in your understanding, your comprehension, your, rep, uh, your, your retention, your your grasp of the Old Testament, you think you have life. But you've missed it because these are them that speak of me, and you won't come to me. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, and we'll dive into this as well, especially for those who are married to the New Testament and don't really have time for the old which provides you with that 3D view of the the New Testament. It gives you the opportunity to look under the hood, open up the doors and look inside, check the undercarriage of this New Testament. That's what the Old Testament provides. But it goes even much further than that because it lays that foundation and it gives you that depth that we oftentimes miss in the New Testament if we find ourselves captivated by the New Testament alone. It becomes simple statements, theology that we own, but not the person that we long for. And so we want to spend some time in the next hour talking about all of that and trying to make some sense of the Old Testament and why it is so important. The other thing the Old Testament does is not only does it, as Jesus said, show you how the Christ must suffer, why, but it also provides you with a look at you yourself in history. It gives us a clear view, a broad-brushed spectrum, scope, if you will, of us as humanity and how we keep failing. And why we desperately need the Christ of the New Testament. Because you see, at every turn, at every failure that we read of in the Old Testament, God is very quick to always come in and provide the promise of Christ and the redemption of that failure. That's why it becomes so important to hang our hats, if you will, on the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a mystery to the average person, one writer puts it. He says, indeed, in the average theological student as well. It has removed the book from the hands of the church and put it into the hands of the specialists. It has broken down one confidence without replacing it with another. The bits and pieces spread out on, on, the, on the bench, well, they, they, they've ceased to become a car. Hopefully, prayerfully, here in the next few minutes, we'll be able to give you back the Old Testament, give you back a longing for the Old Testament, a desire to be a full orbed Christian. Because you see, it um, prior to Luther, it wasn't an Old and New Testament. It was it was just the Bible. And then somewhere along the line, we had to separate the two and, and create, quote-unquote, Old Testament, New Testament, and delineate between the two. Meanwhile, God says, I, I am the Lord thy God. I change not. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And that's not to say he's the God of Genesis to Malachi, beginning and end. Malachi isn't the end. Revelation is. He is the God of Genesis to Revelation. And he is his continuity is perfect. It is sinless. It is perfection. So. If you'll take a break with me and come back, we'll bring Tony Sinelli into the conversation and we'll spend some time looking for Jesus in the Old Testament, finding him, and then also laying down that much-needed foundation for those of us who love our New Testaments and incorporate the old to sustain the new. This is Lifeline. Andy Freyland in for Craig Roberts. We are off to the KFAX Traffic Center for another look at your commute.